0: You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great to Greater with Tiffany Rufino. You see me here, but you don't see Jeff here, and he will probably be on our next show. But the reason why he's not here is because I have a special guest. Not that Jeff isn't special, but this is a very special guest Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great to Greater with Tiffany Rufino. You see me here, but you don't see Jeff here, and he will probably be on our next show. But the reason why he's not here is because I have a special guest. Not that Jeff isn't special, but this is a very special guest that accepted my invitation to be on here. And I'm so excited for you to engage with her and meet her and learn about her because... It's it's been a great journey. We immediately connected. Um, It it was meant to be for us to be connected. We have the same passion for our industry um, because I was part of her industry for a while and a passion about customers and the business and being entrepreneurs and being women in business. And she has so much stuff to share. So I'd like to introduce you to Kara King of Kara King Aesthetics. Hi. Hello.
1: Good evening. How (laughs) are you? Good. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so happy to
0: be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited for you to be here. And just so you know, your links will kind of scroll across the bottom as we go along. We have your Instagram. We have um, where you can book with Kara as you get to know her and also, um, you know, visiting her on Facebook as well. So check those out. But uh learn about her first. So Kara is an esthetician here in Palm Coast, but more than that. And I wouldn't do it justice if I explained it. So, Kara, can you share with our audience a little bit of um how long you've been in the industry, how long you've been an entrepreneur, and what exactly do you offer?
1: All right, so I have been a medical assistant for 17 years. 10 of those 17 years I worked in dermatology, not just working up front or doing referrals. I was actually in the room with the physician doing Mohs surgery, reconstructions, cancer removals, all of the cosmetic things, and even in the treatment room as a scribe. So as a scribe, you have to know everything that the doctor knows at the same time if not before he knows it because you're putting it in the computer as you go so treatment regimens things along those lines i was very familiar with Um, after covid medicine changed a lot it changed a lot over the 17 years that i worked in medicine and it became more about just clicking buttons and getting people in versus actually caring for people which is my passion um so they were kind of like oh can you teach the esthetician this oh things along those lines. And I was like, wait a minute, this girl makes way more money than I do. And people are always happy to see her. Nobody's happy to have a cancer taken off or hear bad news. Let me go back to school. I had done everything in the medical field. There was from working check-in, check-out. I did referrals. I managed an office. I was the head medical assistant in a dermatology practice for a very long time. And I felt like I had just Kind of hit the ceiling in the medical industry but i still wanted to care for people so this was kind of a great transition for me into aesthetics i can be my own boss at my own schedules um which has worked out great for my daughter she just graduated high school she's going to college. i know she's going to college in two months so now this is going to be my new baby i've been an entrepreneur owned my own business for about two years now a year and a half two years i was with I was in with another lady who's an esthetician. Also, we kind of shared the space. I outgrew that area. And now I'm in with um, Premier Chiropractic and Wellness. It's a women owned business. Nothing but women work there. We're all very supportive. I love the environment and, you know, My clients are their patients. Their patients are my clients. It meshes really well. And things have just gotten really prosperous for me in the past six months. And I'm so happy some of that is due to Tiffany's help and nudging. Yes. Maybe
0: a little flick. That's
1: it. (laughs) I I did need a flick. Um, (laughs) And so that just speaks to women helping women, women supporting women. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, very much in a nutshell, because there's so much more to you and what you offer. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Um, But also with Kara, what I love that you just said, and I think we're going to work backwards on our agenda, kind of tying into you sharing that you worked with... the in the medical field and you were teaching you were asked to teach somebody essentially what you were already doing and not get the pay for it right so right you go to school you go off on your own which is cool like but you're working with a friend who's also an esthetician at the time too right
1: that's correct um the person that i was working with was a, quite a bit older than me and that was one of the challenges they were much more well off than i was she was a retired nurse anesthetist um so her drive was very different than mine this is my career this is you know the way that i pay my bills what i'm using to put my daughter through college versus the person i was in with it was kind of a space filler something to fill the time between her hobbies it wasn't really something that drove her and that it just wasn't working out i needed to get with other people that were driven and get into a better lane for myself professionally
0: OK, so you feel that because I agree with you, I think that it, when you're working with a team, even if you are working for yourself as an entrepreneur, um, which is another question we're going to get to a little bit later, it does depend on the environment. Like even if I'm renting this space, I have to make sure my neighbors kind of have that space for me and with me. We don't have to talk to each other. I don't have to tell them my life story and vice versa. But if they're loud and boisterous and I'm not or if they're cursing a lot and I'm not, my client can hear that going on, or if they just come in looking unprofessional and my client can see that, the client doesn't know how the business operates.
1: Exactly, and that was a challenge that I faced as well. There were two people other than myself that were kind of all involved in the business. Um, One of them was a girl who was in her 20s who did sugaring. She was amazing at what she did. Not one time in the year that we worked together, did she send me a client? Not Mm -hmm. once, which is kind of crazy because I sent people to her often. And I'm not saying it was solely her. Maybe that's not something that she was comfortable doing. Maybe that's not something that ever came up when she was talking to people. I'm unsure. And also the culture was very different with the other lady I was in with. I'm in my 30s. She's in her 60s. So that kind of goes back to the drive, the expectations. We ran a wide gamut from the look and the appeal of the older lady to me, to the younger person that we were in with. I mean, it was a broad spectrum of clients that were in and out.
0: Yeah, I think uh, based on my experience, and you tell me if you found the same thing, that clients can judge uh who they choose for the services based on just looks or based on ageism right like they think maybe the older person knows more or they think the older person may not know the new techniques the younger person may not know as many techniques or may not have enough practice doing the techniques so do you come across that with your clients often like do they ask you how long have you been doing this especially with a more serious procedure
1: Absolutely, 100%. And oftentimes, that's why I find it really important to let people know how long I was a medical assistant. Um, Not to toot my own horn, but people don't generally think I am the age that I am, they think that I am much younger. And so I have to really build that confidence with them, I have to, you know, make sure that they believe in me but yes on my booking page my photo is on there and so were the other people and people have blatantly told me i picked you because you looked x y and z um that's another thing working coming from the medical field i recognize the need for professionalism you see so many estheticians and i'm guilty of it from time to time i will come in in yoga pants and a t-shirt um but I try to make sure I do it on my clients that already know me, know my personality and have that confidence in me a hundred percent. If I'm meeting someone new or whenever I look on my schedule, I check their age. I want to make sure that I am dressed to fit the part and that I look the part working in aesthetics. It's all about how you look. If you are covered in tattoos everywhere, A medical office isn't going to hire you, point blank, period. I worked in the medical field. I hired, I fired, I was advising, you know, the people who did hire and fire, oh, this person, that person, what have you. I personally don't judge, but everyone else does. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you get into the older population with being in Palm Coast, that's a majority of who we interact with. And so they always judge a book by its cover.
0: Right. Which is unfortunate because some of the best people have tattoos, right?
1: Right. Right. (laughs) Or crazy colored hair, what have you. You know, that's something I've really embraced since working on my own before I I had tattoos, but you could not see any of them. I've kind of gotten out of that a little bit. I have some that are, you know, I have one here. I have one here. I have them. And that was something I was always like,
0: yeah, that's what we're talking. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're taught. And I've seen it in medical fields where girls who have sleeves have to wear long sleeves every day and have to wear, you know, they're burning up. It's Florida. It's 95 degrees. <laughs> and they're dressed, you know, covered from head to toe because that's what the medical field says that you have to do. So there is more leniency. But if you want to be in a professional environment, you need to look professional.
0: Right. You need to look like the professional you are, not like the professional you need uh, right. to right. say especially in doing hair. Um, now, going into business and, and, you know, it's not to um, dismiss friendships in any way because it's all a learning curve and a learning experience. And I've learned this as well. But when you think about going into business with a friend who's in the same industry as you, what are your thoughts or what have you experienced as far as competition goes? Um, And let me give you an example. So in the salon, um, in a salon setting, when, you know, it's behind the chair, I worked on creating an environment of it's not competition, because everybody is their own person, and they offer something magical to each client that they have, right. But Mm -hmm. if somebody was requested, and they weren't available, and the client decided to go to someone else, then there's a little bit of, oh, no, um i just lost that client that per- now there's like a little bit of tension yeah. um and i i worked really hard on trying to convey the thought of well why didn't you rebook them so that they had a spot right because then you would have guaranteed that they came back to you um what are you so fearful of that they're going to gain from this new stylist and what would make you not step up your game for that? Like just working on the mindset so that fear isn't there and the blame isn't there on that other stylist. The other part of competition, sorry, I, I'll, I'll shut up in like three seconds. Oh, girl, you're making amazing points. <laughs> yeah, I think the other part of the competition is that when you work for a corporation that pays you differently than you would if you rented or if you... Um, got commissioned differently or got paid hourly plus commission or whatever the case may be, some people may leave to see that the grass is greener, right? And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's turf, and they come back and they're like, it was all fake, it wasn't for me. But there's always that feeling, especially when you bond with a group of people, that when one leaves is that they kind of didn't have loyalty to the place. So having said that, I think there's a question of working one-on-one with somebody that Um, does the same exact thing that you do, but both of you are on different levels, and then um, deciding to leave a business after working for a period of time together because it just wasn't working out.
1: So I was a perpetual people pleaser for a majority of my life. Probably about three years ago, I really started taking steps to change that. And it was to my own detriment. I would stay in positions. Now at this point, I was still in the medical field, but working as a medical assistant, there's no loyalty from the companies that you work for point blank period. They don't care if you leave, they will pay somebody else $3 less an hour than what they were paying you. It's no sweat off their back. They, they don't mind. Really and truly, it doesn't matter that you're taking a huge knowledge set, that you're taking your skills and everything else with you. And it's really that's another reason why I wanted to work for myself, because I wanted to put all of that blood, sweat and tears that I gave to so many other businesses, my heart and my soul into myself. I was like, wait a minute, why am I doing this and nobody cares versus now I reap those benefits of everything that I did to improve people's business, improve their brand, improve the longevity. And now I get all of those benefits. as far as the competition, I like to call it co-opetition. So you're cooperating a little bit, but you're still in competition. When I was at the place I was at before, I didn't really, I personally didn't feel like
0: that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Take notes, girl.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because
1: I knew what <laughs> <Hold> my, <laughs> <I got> <laughs> my skill set was. And also one thing that I find very important is i'm not for everybody. You're not for everybody and there's plenty of pizza for us all to have a slice. Mm-hmm. I do things very differently than most of the aestheticians out there. It's just like a hair stylist. If that isn't what works for you, it's okay to go and move on to something else. If that isn't your person that you click with if you don't like the style of how they do things you know um one of the people I worked with before would not give massages at all so say there's a treatment mask on your face and you're sitting there for 15 minutes for me I like to give you a massage Mm -hmm. on your hands neck um shoulders things like that because it kills time for me (laughs) That way I'm not just sitting there and you're like, what is this girl doing while I'm laying here in silence? Like it was always kind of awkward to me, but she would not do it at all. Well, some clients don't want to be touched. And some people would come to me specifically for that. You know, there are some services I don't provide. I don't do hydrofacials. I have stopped doing permanent makeup. And there are other people that that is all they do. And that's what works for them. And so you kind of just got to figure that out. Do you like Burger King? Do you like McDonald's? Do you like Subway? Do you like Firehouse? It's just kind of, I don't really get offended, taken back by any of those things, because I feel like my people are going to find me, they're going to gravitate to me. If it's not somebody for me, then they'll find somebody else. And I'm okay with that. And I want them to have the best experience. And I want them to be as fulfilled and happy as possible. And if that's not with me, I'm cool with that. Not a lot of people think like that, though. There are a lot lot of scarcity mindsets where they think just because you're eating, they're never going to eat again.
0: And speaking of pizza and eating, like you're, my stomach's growling. It's not thunder outside. No, but I was going to bring that up too. Like, how do we How would you advise somebody that maybe does own a pizzeria, right? And they taught everybody how to make it their style. And then one of the cooks, they leave and they start their own pizzeria, right? So there's going to be, sometimes there is bad blood there because A, they're opening up this place in the same vicinity. They have a clientele because customers came to love them. So how do you help someone in a leadership mindset to not focus on that part? and continue focusing on what they're doing
1: yeah as you know that is something that i've worked on a little bit myself um previously i looked at things and i was like wait a minute why is this person succeeding why do they have why are they booked and i'm not booked but ultimately you have to remember not everything you see is actually as it is um especially with social media and things like that Mm -hmm. these days, a lot of things are misleading. They may not actually be booked. They may have had one client that week, but they took 15 videos of that one client. And so it Mm -hmm. looks like they're steady and that they have things going on. Um, Don't focus on other people, take that energy and focus it on yourself and on your business. Um, Take a look outside your own box, get out of your own head and get out of your own way Yeah. more importantly.
0: For sure. There's a saying that I like to um, share with people is and I've heard it before, but it's um, if you're minding someone else's business, who's minding yours? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, and even Simon Sinek references this uh, regarding Apple. And it was when the iPod first came out and it was in competition with a device that I don't think is available anymore. The Zoom, which was like heavy and like thick and really um, not easy to work with about it. Sorry, Jeff. I know that you are listening and you had one. (laughs) Does he still have one? No, he he doesn't have it anymore. He's, he's got everything he needs from Apple. Um, But I think, uh, you know, um, Simon was in the car with one of the Apple executives, like around that time. And he was like, so the Zoom and the executive looks at him. He's like, yeah. And he's like, it's outselling your iPod. And he's like, yeah. He's like, feel any competition. You feel like the iPod's going to go away. And, He's like, no competition. He's like, we just got to do something better. And, you know, like even at that level, when like great things were coming out, we were all like, I could have all my music in my hands. They were still working, thinking above and beyond where they're at. Right. Like um, great to greater (laughs) in that sense. So that kind of ties into the question of um, gossiping. And I think like in, especially in the beauty industry, there's a perception and then there's the truth just like you were sharing right mm-hmm. i know before i got into the beauty industry i th- i had the perception that um stylists were snooty they all wore all black they were sophisticated they didn't want to have a conversation with you of course it's based on like movies that you watched
1: <laughs> growing up
0: and that sort of thing um, and then you know when you get to work behind the scenes it's cool cuz you're like oh they're just as goofy and silly as me yeah. and you know it's it's the facade of professionalism but um, there does come the aspect of gossiping with clients, gossiping about clients, um, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that, and how do you handle a client that wants to gossip with you? Let's let's start with that one first.
1: So, we have two ears, two eyes, and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> That's kind of how I always like to put it into perspective and i always look at it as if they're gonna gossip to me they're gonna gossip about me so i'm not gonna give you anything to go back and chat about even if it's somebody that i don't really care for personally i'm always gonna have nothing but positive things to say if i don't have anything nice to say i'm not gonna say anything at all um but people do they come in and they lay down and they They get to telling you some stories, girl. They get to telling you some stories. And I'm a big, oh, wow, okay, kind of girl. Like, you got to let them talk because sometimes that's the only opportunity that they get to vent. I think also myself, my mindset is still with medicine and HIPAA. I'm not going to repeat anything that you have to say to me, um, especially not to another client. Like, if something big is going on, then, of course... Hey, why don't you talk to Tiffany? Hey, why don't you talk to this person? Try to guide them by try not to engage anything too deep because it will come back and bite you right in the ass. Yeah. Um, you never know who people know. You never know who people are friends with. You never know who people's family is. Yeah. And so things that come out of your mouth, you are going to have to be accountable for. So the less that comes out of your mouth, the better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, I've had it, it's a little bit different of a situation because you have a single room where there's one client at a time, whereas you might have yeah. people in the waiting room, because, right? you know, I've been there when you've been stacked. But um, in the salon environment, you have, obviously, the clients sitting right next to each other. So right. you hear your conversation with that you have with your client, mm-hmm. but they also talk to each other. Um, yeah. And I've run into scenarios where, like, the person behind us um, overheard the conversation and knew who the stylist was talking about with the guest Yeah. or I've had issues where the not issues necessarily, but just, uh, I would say bad business decisions where a client would come into the salon and ask for a stylist because they wanted to catch up on their drama from last week. <sighs> so like the stylist yeah. spoke on their family drama. So do you ever share personal details with your client about you? I try not to. Yeah. Um There's some people my, that are just easy to talk to though. Yeah. You yeah, know, for sure. Really good talking to. Yeah.
1: It's very, very true. And some people you just click with. Um, that is one thing I try to surround myself with some really amazing women. Yeah. So that I have those outlets. So I don't have to look for them in untrustworthy places. Ooh. Um that's I like to make sure that when I am confiding in someone that it is a safe place and that it is somewhere where I know I mean you know I'm an open book mm-hmm. but I'm not just going to sit down and tell you everything unless I really feel like I can trust you. Yeah. Or I mean, we've been at meetings and things like that together and I've shared stuff, but I really felt confident sharing those things because of who I was around versus people that are like, I love my girls get on my table and we chat about everything, but I try not to give them too much of my own personal details until, you know, I've known them on a longer, deeper level. And you know that you can build those bonds but it can be intimidating like you said and people will lay down on your table and they'll just start spilling all the tea yeah i'm just like (laughs) also you have them in a vulnerable position you know sometimes i'm waxing or sugaring someone and i'm doing a brazilian so i am all in all of their business and so they kind of feel comfortable to tell me all their business and I want them to know that I'm a safe place to come to, to do that. And that I'm here for them and that I don't mind. Um, I give all my clients my cell phone number. If I'm with another client, I'm not going to answer, but I'm always here. If you need, if my people need to chat or if they need to check in, or if we have had a little, a deep session, I'll always be like, Hey girl, how are things going? You still okay? You need this, you need that. Um, but, yeah, it can be a fine line, a very fine line. But like you said, too, I had a um, one of my good friends was doing lashes. So, you know, she's kind of quiet and she's leaned over. But she was working in a salon where the there was just a partition, really, that was her room. Yeah. Um, and she heard some people speaking about someone else's we know's husband. And with another person and you know you got to be careful with that yeah like oh my gosh such and such was in and i heard this this and that and mm -hmm. yeah it happens for sure
0: yeah and you you know know the full story right like that's that's something that i preach about is that you have to act like someone's filming you and when they film you they're only filming the second half of what happened and they never caught the first half right right so um I've experienced that where the gossip train would start because either um, the one of the partners would come in and always come in with a different partner and not the partner for them to be with. And, um, you know, that starts the train, too. Or the in-laws come in and they share how they're thinking about, you know, their in-laws. And that becomes a woe. This
1: was actually an in-law talking about
0: their... Future in-law or whatever. <laughs>
1: they're relative. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yikes. And then you never know, even if the person that's working there, if they're related to that person or best friends, or maybe they're the third party and they're like <laughs> You
1: never know. You We're never ever know right? who is around. Um, that kind of goes back to all of my lives. I worked in OBGYN for four years. Um and at one point we would have people who were coming in and one of the things you ask them is the name of the father. You put it on, it was called an ACOG form and you would see certain names pop up more than once. And (laughs) you would have to, we would have girls that would come in in shackles and you would have to make sure that they were scheduled at different times so that the baby mamas were not interacting with each other. I mean, so. Another reason why you're super safe coming to me because I'm
0: yeah. I got I that hip know. mindset. I'm
1: not spilling
0: the tea at all. Yeah. Right. At right. all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um oh no, it, it happened. Yeah. It, it does. And then like the other thing that happens is the the views, right? Like the views on Um, I don't hear it as much anymore when I'm out and about, but about religion, uh, we just kind of discussed like the sex piece and the stories that go on there, but then also politics, especially with next year coming up. And, um, you know, it's going to be everybody running for president and all the different parties and the feelings and stuff. So how do you remove yourself from that conversation in a delicate way? Or how do you convey to your clients that you just don't want to talk about it?
1: I mean, that's still something that occurs now. You know, the whole COVID thing, the masks, the vaccine. I've had multiple people lay down and I just try to stay as quiet as possible and let them talk it all through themselves and kind of see where it goes and just, okay, oh, all right. And don't really, I just give like neutral answers. I try not to get involved in it at all, even if it it doesn't matter to me whether it's somebody I agree with or somebody I
0: disagree with. Right.
1: Right. Because. That's you, someone situation. will say,
0: well, my girl Kara said X, Y, Z. Yeah. And told yeah. me that this ballot means X, Y, Z. And then now you're in the middle of a crisis. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I used to play the dumb role, but, you know, be like, what, what's that Republican? I don't even know what they stand for. What's, what do you mean? You know, and yeah. kind of just ask a lot of questions to, because then, somebody would realize they really don't have all the answers to the question. Right. Right, uh, right. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. But then the other piece of me felt like, you know, why am I shedding a layer of my integrity by perceive having people perceive me as just not. Uninformed. Uh, yeah. Not informed, not involved and and that sort of thing. So then I had to bring it back to, you know, literally I just don't discuss this with people outside yeah. my family and even with family. Sometimes I don't mm-hmm. discuss it. Sometimes the opinion changes from day to day. So I don't know (laughs) at the end of the day, but I did have, um, I remember one day got really heated and it was in the waiting room. There were three people sitting together, kind of squished. They did not know each other. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was Thanksgiving in the waiting room. They were all at the dining table and they were starting arguing and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, I'm just going to wait for it. Like, you know, like see how this plays out. Voices started getting louder and louder. And I just looked at them all and I'm just like, not for nothing guys. And this is my opinion, but you're like double my age and you're acting like double than less my age at this point. Like Mm -hmm. the conversations don't happen here and they don't happen at Thanksgiving. So we're going to stop this. And I had, yeah, had to be the adult there because (laughs) the other clients are feeling uncomfortable. And I think as a leader, especially having your own business, like you do that, you know, you have to let your people know that you're standing up for them, even if it's a compared to other things, even if it's a minor conversation like that, you just got to let them know this is my house and I control this house. Right. Mm -hmm. Have you had anybody that's giving you a hard time where you've had to like shut them down or maybe even stop services with them because they were either too needy with your cell phone or they were just rude in, in, in your space.
1: So, um, not necessarily stop a service or anything like that. I will say that, um, Working in OBGYN and then working in dermatology, um, let's just get right into it. Being around naked mm-hmm. people all the time, it's kind yeah. of giving me a different perspective. Um, I will not do manzillions, which is a Brazilian on a man. I've had men be disgustingly inappropriate to me. Mm-hmm. And people have asked me, how did you handle that? Well, it's my business, it's my prerogative, and I'm gonna make sure this service is as uncomfortable as I possibly can for you. You want me to wax your balls? You're gonna have the most uncomfortable ball wax because you made me uncomfortable. Right. And you will never be allowed to book here again. And so I don't do men. Um, I have had a client more recently, I don't know how much I wanna <laughs> say about it, but um, this person- you feel
0: comfortable with?
1: Yeah. So she came in and had a consult with me and was bad mouthing several other people that she has seen.
0: I've had that. Yep.
1: Mhm. And there are people that I know and she has not come in for a service, but texts me regularly hmm. and often at very inappropriate times of day. And she has one more time to send me a text message before she comes in for a service. And I'm going to tell her, you need to find somebody else. Yeah. I've already decided that um, she scheduled with me a couple times and has canceled, but she still constantly wants my knowledge. I'm sorry. I have a very extensive knowledge set. I know my worth and my knowledge is worth something. Yeah. So until you are going to come in and pay me for a service, you're not getting any more of my knowledge and I'm not setting you up. I mean, complete regimens i will say use x y and z and she'll go to the drugstore and buy element op and i'm like no (laughs) that's not what i told you to do (laughs) like do you want me to help you or not right and
0: And then it's like why did this work it looked the same just cheaper
1: literally texting me my face is burning and i'm like what did you put on your face I told you specifically not to use that on your face. You're using these other things on your face, which makes that too abrasive. Well, it says face and body. Right. But you're using these other things. So you can't use that on your face. (laughs) You're only using that on your body. And I mean, it's to the point right now. I've got about one more time and I'm going to be like, yeah, you got to go. Like, well,
0: like, yeah. Like the knowledge, Hey, that's, a, that's a whole database. Right. And mm-hmm. I apologize. My throat is uh, going no, away. So I'll sound froggy as we continue talking. <laughs> but um, I mean, like with all the education we get, especially you just came back from the expo and, you know, I know the classes that you've gone to and that you just re-upped, you know, what you're doing on your knowledge and you're offering sugaring. So I, I do want you to explain to the audience what that is because I know it's been around forever, but a lot of people are really not sure about it. So we'll go into that. Um, But, you know, the time that we spend in uh, renewing our license, getting continuing education, making sure that we're up to date on like all the the cleaning processes and procedures and such, especially after viruses, the tools that we have to invest in, the insurance, the business and everything else. um, A lot of people don't realize that. And Like, I remember I was in visiting a salon and, and working with the team there and they all, um, all of a sudden they kind of all tensed up and I was like, are you guys okay? Like what just happened? And they could see this client walking through the doors. Um, and they're like, she always, uh, she always talks bad to us. She always condescends and talks down. And I said, okay, I said, you know, explain to me what you mean by that. And she gets a perm. Um, She's she was an older woman and um, she doesn't understand why the price was what it was, because all they're doing is putting a roller on there and just putting a chemical on there. It's not like rocket science. Why does it cost? X, Y, Z. And I was like, I got you. So I'll come back to that in a second. But like real quick, could you explain the difference between like sugaring and waxing?
1: Sure. So there's actually a couple different kinds of wax. There is hard wax and soft wax. Um, soft wax is kind of the traditional that you see on your eyebrows, your lip, where they put the little strip on there and then they rip it off. Um, that will, it's heated. That will remove your, it adheres to your skin and the hair. Hard wax, there's no strip. Um, They put it on, it gets, it's really soft and then it gets hard. You pull it off without a strip or anything like that. Sometimes people will use the stick, Um, but that only adheres to the hair. It doesn't adhere to the skin. So it's a little bit more gentle. It's better for Brazilians and things like that. Um, I hate waxing. It's so messy. Oh, (laughs) I, I mean, I don't mind doing like, I have a client that comes to me religiously. I do his back. Da da, da 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 I don't mind that cuz we're like boom 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 yeah. in out people who are new to it who are uncomfortable things like that it is so messy and i am a neat freak <laughs> like i did surgery sterile for 4 years and so like stuff being messy drives me crazy so sugaring is a lot i don't think it's as messy at all um it is literally sugar lemon and water it does not, adhere. it's actually a good exfoliation, even as it removes the hair. It doesn't adhere to the skin. It doesn't adhere to the live skin cells. It's much, much less allergenic. I actually did Dr. Erica Equisie, who's the chiropractor for premier chiropractic that I work with. Um, Mm -hmm. I did her legs probably about a month, six weeks ago with regular wax. She was bright red. Her follicles were red. I mean, she was just really inflamed, but she's like, Oh, I always get like that. So I got back from the expo and I sugared her legs instead. No redness. Um, she had you know, a little bit from the follicles, just from the trauma of the hair being pulled out. Yeah, Um, She's like, this was much more comfortable. Um, You're less likely to get ingrowns because it is exfoliating that top layer when you do it. Um, Like I said, it's topically less allergenic, but it's still hair removal. It's very similar concept to waxing. You put it against and you pull with Maybe I said that backwards. You put it with and pull. I,
0: anyways. You know um, how to do. Yeah. You know the direction when you're in it. I get it.
1: You pick it up and it's in a ball. You kind of move it around. You use a lot less product. You cleanse, you powder the skin. Um, and it's much, much more gentle.
0: Do either of those techniques, just for our audience, do you find that either of them last longer than the other?
1: no everyone's hair is different everybody's hair shaft is different as you start to do either one of the hair removal processes more frequently the hair starts to miniaturize um which you know on my arms i'm native american and german so on my arms i have these blonde hairs that you cannot even see people think i shave my arms never have a day in my life but on my legs That's jet black (laughs) corsairs. So, you know, I'm one person and that's the difference on just myself. So everybody's kind of everybody's different. Some people need to have it done every four weeks. Some people need it every six weeks. Some people it's two to three. It just really depends on your own genetics.
0: Depends on your five o'clock shadow on your body part. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It also depends on like, you know, just for like our audience, what phase your hair growth is in. Yes. When you pull it out, it could have been like ready to fall out at that point. Mm -hmm. Or it could have been just like growing in. So you got it at the beginning. So that depends on routine and rebooking. To continuously get it done will save you time in the long run and keep you looking awesome. So make sure you always book exactly. with, with your person. Yes. Um,
1: consistency with hair removal, consistency with facials, consistency, <laughs> consistency. Yes.
0: Consistency. One with sunscreen. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I know how passionate you are about yes. sunscreen, which is great because I think that, um, not to like deter with what we're talking about, but I think sunscreen is kind of like a a, uh, a good thing to have, but not a necessity in people's minds mm-hmm. in that, you know, um, the same way that I hate to compare it this way, but it is similar in smoking. You know, yeah. I've been, like, if somebody says I've been smoking Marlboro Red since I was born and I'm still here, like, why would I stop now? Right. And so right. I've been tanning all my life and I'm still here and I got this beautiful bronze glow. Why would I start with sun- sunscreen? Now my tan's going to fade. Right. So, oh yeah, girl. I don't think people realize how much it built, even myself. I know that I can be silly and not do, like, I think of you every time now, like you're in my head with, where's your sunscreen? Where's your sunscreen? And, you know, like I can envision seeing you and you looking at my face and just knowing. And so now I'm kind of like paranoid about it, (laughs) but um, I mean, it's drilled in our head as we're kids, you know, parents are putting the white zinc stuff all over us. And, you know, I don't know if as a teenager, we just start, thinking we're too cool for it but
1: yeah my teenager are you kidding no her whole life she grew up I was every 90 minutes you got to wear a hat you got to wear the clothes put your sunscreen on and now she's 18 well since she was like 16 and she could drive herself to the beach she's like I don't need that I'm like okay girl right right and see your daughter all these treatments and like (laughs) she's Right. Well, it's the yeah. rebellion. If that's the only rebellion I have, is the sunscreen. Like I'll take it. But she fried her scalp a um, while back, and so she loves my powder sunscreen and dusts it in her hair now because then she can leave the beach and her hair doesn't look greasy. Da da da. Wait, I'm sorry, just powder? powder, but
0: no, I've never heard of powdered sunscreen. Powder
1: sunscreen yet? Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. So more. I used to break out. Yes. So um. <laughs> I carry a BB cream that I love that is tinted because if you're going to put on your foundation and they're like, oh, it has a 15 SPF in it to acquire that 15 SPF, you would have to put on between 16 and 20% the normal coverage that you would use while applying your foundation to achieve that 15 SPF.
0: That's a lot.
1: So I really like to switch people over to a tinted sunscreen or a BB with like a 45 because then it's a much more even application. You're actually acquiring that SPF factor that you're looking for. But the powders every single sunscreen breaks me out except for a powder. Even on my neck, chest, and body. Like um arms, legs, I'm good with, you know, whatever the cheapest stuff. But my face and neck and chest. I use a powder. I actually carry some in my office. You can stop by and pick it up. And it it's tinted technically, but whenever you put it on, you can't see it. It's not like you're going to have the nineties line where it looks like you have foundation on, but you don't, I keep one of my purse 24 seven. I will dust it on my husband when he forgets he's bald. So we have to make sure like his head yeah. is covered and it's really great about covering, but it doesn't look like he's wearing makeup or, I mean, he would never wear it if it looked right. like that. Right. But it's a much lighter. It doesn't penetrate. It sits on the surface and it's a block. Um, so it works really well. I love it. It's my favorite.
0: What would be, well, two questions. So what would be the SPF of your powdered one? And then what is your recommended SPF for somebody who's like, fine, I'll start wearing sunscreen. Do I put it under my makeup or on top of my makeup? Um, that's think.
1: So I love, um, They've kind of changed the regulations. You know, at one point people were like 120 SPF and they were like, "Oh, great, that's amazing." But it really doesn't do much more than if you were using They've say now that the maximum is a 30 to 50. Okay. Um I don't really have any requirement. People say, "What sunscreen do you recommend?" And I have a couple that I prefer. But whichever one you're going to use is the one I recommend. If you're a guy and you're working outside and you're sweating, you're going to want a gel based. You're going to want something kind of like a bullfrog. That way it's not rolling in your eyes constantly. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody like me, um, I prefer the powder. You know, some people want all natural. So they just want the zinc. You're going to have a white tint to you. It just really depends. Like I said, whichever one you're going to use is the one that I prefer. Um, So any nothing less than a 30 and you don't need anything higher than a 50. What was your other question?
0: (laughs) Um, How do you apply it if you wear makeup? Okay. So if you're going to
1: wear makeup, like you mean full face, full beat. Yeah. All of it.
0: Yeah. Um, Like am I spraying as like a setting spray or am I putting it on before all that?
1: So when you do like a full, full, full face of makeup, that's going to be a barrier to some extent that's going to block some to some extent. I love it in a setting spray and I love the powder and the powder goes right over top of what you have. And it's not going to impact the look that you have going on, because the last thing you want to do is get your face right. And in Florida, you walk outside and you put on something big, thick and heavy and you're literally melting. And the right. whole, however long you took to put your makeup on is completely pointless now. I mean, right. everything's blurred together. Your contour is a disaster. So that's why.
0: <laughs> but really. Never. I, I, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yes. You're smeared up. Shmeared. So that's what. <laughs> schmear, so I love the powder. The powder is what I would go to. And you're going to put it on afterwards. And it's just going to blend everything. And it's going to sit on top.
0: Okay. I love that you mentioned the bullfrog, especially with um, clients that work outside or if you're going to be at the beach or things like that. Because I know that for me, I've used the spray on sunscreen. But then as soon as I go into water, then I'm opening my eyes and I'm like, my eyes sting. So I never I hate the spray consistency. Yeah, I hate the spray. Oh, good to know because
1: nobody applies it correctly. They're like, <laughs> okay, I'm good. No, you're not like you didn't get it anywhere. It hasn't absorbed like you're just not even doing it.
0: I feel like you're calling me out right now.
1: <laughs> no way well and another thing people go to the beach and they're like oh i'm sitting under a umbrella okay and all (laughs) of those particles in the sand are reflecting that ultraviolet radiation that's a key word i like to use when talking about sun protection you have to understand the rays from the sun are radiation and i know not everyone is medical and not everyone understands what that means but radiation alters your dna Permanently. Hmm. Um, And when your DNA gets altered, it's not being altered in anything positive. I mean, that's how you end up with cancer. So and, you know, I've I explained it on a previous podcast that I did. It's like. With tanning beds, they're like, oh, well, it's inside. It's safer. Right. No, those are ultraviolet bulbs. So you're just going from the oven to the microwave like that's that's it. And even the nail, the things you put your hands in, don't tell
0: me anything bad.
1: (laughs) Well, those are UV lights. It's the UV ultraviolet (laughs) that activates and causes that reaction that sets your nails up. And that's radiation, too.
0: Hi, nails.
1: But everything, oh, sorry. Hi, (laughs) Jake. Peek in from my dog. this is jake that's my baby Aww. he has to be in here or else
0: he'll bark and be annoying so understood my dogs are upstairs in my husband's office so <laughs> he's if more he's than welcome not with
1: me then he'll be more annoying than if he just lays down
0: here it's So so <laughs> more than welcome to join the show <laughs> Thank you. um darn it. i had a question that i was gonna uh go i'll come back to it it'll come the
1: nails ultraviolet radiation
0: Uh, nails piece i didn't hear that but i hope the audience did (laughs) (laughs) i've had my nails since i was like 14 years old so Um, i don't i think the only time i was without them was maybe covid and then i tried learning how to do it on my on my own oh big mistake (laughs) huge mistake (laughs) i have horror stories (laughs) um where they, you learn- know, I'm
1: the press on queen. I love my five dollar press ons. That's
0: where I learned to do them. So I started doing the press ons in 2020, but um, they I just, yeah, <laughs> nope. Sorry, I, want to see <laughs> I will here, envision this. Okay, so you know how like they have those TikTok videos of horses that haven't had their like hooves Stop done. It. And- <laughs> no, really thick. Yeah, mine wasn't cured all the way through because I had put on like the gel and it was. If you filed it in between the nail, you could see a little hole of like the liquid oh. gel because I made it so thick. And I do not have steady hands and I'm not ambidextrous, but I was doing my best during COVID, okay? I was doing whatever it took. I needed nails.
1: <laughs> you had plenty of time.
0: I did to screw up and to make it so that I had no nail bed, like <laughs> hot mess. But um, yeah, I, I've I've learned to stick with the things that work and that's my outlet right now. <laughs>
1: Leave it to the professionals, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Always leave it to the professionals and take their advice. Um, I do have uh, two more things We're we're getting close to the hour mark, but there's another thing I want to throw in there for you because uh, I've come to find this something that I get challenged with. So when our general population has a question, whether it's about their health or whether it's about leading their business or just generate... questions in general, right? Normally in the past, we go to like the encyclopedia. <laughs> like that was our outlet before the internet. Let's face it. Don't tell boring. people how
1: old we are.
0: Yeah. No, I'm talking yeah. about our audience. Like if you're, Oh yeah. Our audience. audience, like you're, you're like way ahead of the internet and Google right now. So yeah. let's be honest. Like when we needed information, that's what we did. Yeah. And now TikTok has become, I think very great in some areas and opportunities in others. Right. So it's, there is a way to find out a lot more truth because of the lack of regulation, I think, on TikTok. Um, there's a lot of ways to get swayed because of the lack of uh, regulation on TikTok. So how would you advise people who go on TikTok to find like do-it-yourself masks for their face or do-it-yourself combinations, like mix some yogurt with some coconut oil and like coconut oil is the end-all be-all along with avocado oil. Um, and then buy this like specific um, powder, matcha powder and put that in there, whatever. How do you help your audience or your customers with that? Do you advise them against it if you know that they're doing it or do you give them um, ways to find out if it's legit?
1: So I try to education is always going to be number one. One of the things that I did when I worked in dermatology was consultations, not only for cosmetics that we were doing, but also, um, you know, I would have to call people and explain to them what a basal cell, what a squamous cell, what a melanoma was, all of those things. And knowledge is power. And I try to explain to them certain things are okay. And I explain to them the science behind it and why it works. Also, why you shouldn't do things and how things are a giant myth. I try to post stuff on my social media all the time on my stories that say (laughs) (laughs) TikTok is trash. Don't listen to them. Um, But that goes back. I actually um, about a year ago, I had a client who wanted to come in. She had seen a VIP on TikTok. And she wanted a VI peel. I want one. I want one. I want one. Um, And what is that just uh,
0: before we go into it?
1: So a VI peel is just a brand of chemical peel.
0: Okay.
1: A lot of the mechanism of actions when you're doing a VI peel, you as the client are going to do at home yourself. Which is not something i totally agree with it works for some people um they're really great peels but they're the ones where you're going to peel in sheets you're going to look like a snake and i always have my clients that are like no i don't want to peel like that i don't want to look like that and i'm like well we got to get you there first yeah and making sure they understand that education this girl did have pretty decent acne it was Mm, pretty bad. Yeah. And she wanted this VIPL cause she thought it was just going to cure it. And I tried to explain to her, you know, there is no end all be all, especially with acne. It's a journey. It's a trial and error. There's no magic button. Um, you know, Accutane is very controversial from being in the medical field and seeing its results. I believe it in a hundred percent. Um, there are people who need it and who need to be on it it is a very serious medication It is not a joke but i mean so are birth control pills so are cancer treatments i'm not comparing acne to cancer but for a teenager who's in high school who's being bullied who grows their hair out, hides their face, covers their body, and it makes them not want to live, it is a miracle drug. And it does change people's lives. And I've seen it. I've seen kids go from being in a complete shell and just so depressed and ashamed of themselves to getting that acne cleared up and completely opening up and being different people, which is to me, a miracle. And it does change your sebaceous glands for life. It's not a temporary fix. Wow. Um, sorry, I got off on that tangent there. No, it's okay, but That kind of goes hand in hand with those drugs. So this girl thought it was just going to be a miracle treatment. Well, one thing you have to step up when you're doing chemical peels of any kind. Um, if you just jump right into something that's really severe like that, and you go outside and you end up you know something happens and you're outside for an hour and you didn't know that you were going to be you can end up with really severe scarring you can end up with worse hyperpigmentation brown spots things like that that will permanently damage your skin and i was trying to explain this to this girl and that was really a conundrum for me because i'm always your treatment shouldn't do more harm right your treatment Should be a benefit like coming from the medical background um But also, if this is what this girl wants, and she's coming in, and I have explained everything to her completely, I had her sign the consent. I sent her home. There's sunscreen that comes with it. I explained to her multiple times. I made her initial things on this consent form that were not required, but I wrote and wanted her. And I'm like, you're agreeing that this is exactly, these are your results. And I think just that education component. But that's been a struggle for me is giving people what they want and not always necessarily what they need, because people will come to me and they'll want something that I would have done something different, but they're like, Nope, I don't want that. I want this. And realizing ultimately I work for them. Right. That's been something a little weird for me. Yeah. Mindset.
0: I think the internet uh, does put us that are in the business of beauty or work um, in a hard spot, especially even with hair, right? Because they bring in results that are filtered or have extensions or, you know, whatever the case may be, or it's, you know, AI generated or whatever. And they're like, I want this exactly. And then we step in and we cover the face and we're like, now, do you still want it? Because sometimes they see the whole picture and then they look at it and they don't realize that it's not all one color. It's like three different colors that give the dimension. Right. Like, no, but I want it to be done just like this. Yeah. And it's not that we're, we're trying to get you to what you want to do, but we're trying to do it in a healthy way, but also educating you on why it's different. And um, I think that's where that brings us to what I've been seeing. What I have been seeing a lot on Facebook in the Facebook neighborhood groups or in business groups where there's, Every day I see somebody asking for a service at a reasonable price in any service industry. Does anybody know of uh, a reasonably priced handyman? Does anybody know of a reasonably priced uh, company that does in-ground pools or does that installs fences or a reasonably priced hairstylist or esthetician or chiropractor or whatever service? All of it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, how do you define or qualify what reasonably priced is for the customer? Because at some point I want to come back and being on the other side of it and even being a leader of business and say, you know, like what the other posts that you see, like this cost, this, this costs this, this cost, this. So at what point is it reasonable for us to get paid at the price of the time and the knowledge and again, the tools and what we've invested in our career um, to make it reasonable for you? And, like, I get the the one-offs, right, where maybe it's somebody who's going through something and, you know, this is a client that we've known forever and we're able to help them out. And, of course, like, we have that compassion and that sort of thing. Um, but for somebody who is asking for a reasonably priced and assuming that, like, you know, even if from the moment I pick up my shears, it's a haircut, no matter how much I take off, right? And for what? you... No matter what order you do your services in the cleansing, the exfoliating, the peel or the mask, and then you know, toning and massage and whatever else, like if you don't massage the arms, like that was an added bonus. That's not necessarily included in there. So right. how do you handle clients that might challenge you on price? And how do you handle the internet when they when like somebody tells you like because I'll refer you and you know, uh Dr. Eric or whatever. Um, you know, I'll be like, go to premiere for this, that, and third, but then you see the reasonably priced part in the posts that you're tagged. How do you handle that?
1: You know, it's definitely a challenge, especially in the sea of estheticians that are out there. Um, one of my favorite memes that I post is why, when it comes to your face, would the cheapest price be what you're most concerned about? Ooh. Like, think about it. Yeah. If you are – there's so many things that we can cut corners on. I love Aldi, okay? I will go to Aldi,
0: and I will get
1: Aldi's Cheez-Its all day long. Because to me, they cl- they you taste say, close
0: uh, enough. I'm sorry. Did you say Aldi's these its
1: <laughs> Yeah, whatever they're called. cheese Whatever they call theirs, okay? But I'll eat them all day long. Because they I taste close enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know <laughs> – I feel I have done a lot of research, extensive research in this area. I've probably, I'll be honest, creeped on every esthetician, every spa, every salon that there is in this area and checked out prices. And I have priced my services accordingly. I also look at my profit margin for what I'm going to be doing, the time that it's going to take me to do it. And also the service ultimately like for instance microneedling i have a very competitive price for microneedling especially for the add-ons that i include which would be the growth factors the stem cells and what have you um where I was previously, they would like to do it as an add-on. Well, somebody's already spending $200 on your service. They're not going to spend another $85 as an add-on. Right. So I went in and I looked and I did the math on it. I include it as my service. I charge 225. You go home with a take-home kit because I want you to have the best results. I want to give you the service that is complete where you're going to get the results so that you do come back because if you're providing your services at a reasonable rate and those people are going to be repetitive, if you're giving them the results, if they're seeing what is actually going on with their skin, if they're seeing the benefits of what you provided for them. Um, I think that's really key. Um, not price gouging people on things. Um, There are some services that I just brought back from the expo that I was at and they're like, Oh, you can charge 250. And I was like, there's no way I'm charging 200. And you have to know your demographic. You have to know the area that you're in and you have to know the competition. So doing all of that research is essential. So people who want a deal, Um, I didn't have lashes for like seven or eight months because when I joined Premiere, I pretty much had to completely restart my business. I had to buy new decor. I had to completely buy all new products. I had to switch over licenses. I had a lot of things I had to invest on. Yeah. So it was a luxury service that I couldn't afford at the time.
0: It's, it takes a long time.
1: I got it back though. because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're And we're doing things and it's something that is fitting into my budget. It's just like Botox. It's like filler. It's like any of those things. Do you really want to get a Botox group on? Do you right. really want to go to that person? Mm-hmm. And that's something I've even talked to other providers about are they the people who are looking for deals discounts breaks reasonable prices is that the demographic you really want to market to i have specials that i run all the time um you just got to know where they are you know what i mean like i do facial friday every friday you can get any of my facials for 20 percent off that's a good deal yeah another thing that i look at whenever i run specials is it really a deal because I see some people and they'll advertise, oh, you get a free X, Y, and Z. Well, the company gave you that product for free. So you're not really giving the person anything. And smart people know that like they can look and they can see, well, this isn't any, this costs you $5. Like that's not a benefit to me. That's not really doing anything, but they'll act like it's a special or that it's something great. Um, So I look at pricing and I look at things like that. Like what would I invest in myself. Is that completely out of line? Is that service really going to give me results? Is it just a bunch of fluff or is it actually worth it? Um, Yeah, I don't really. You'll never see a Groupon from me. You will never see me advertising certain places because that's not the demographic I'm attracting.
0: Right. Because would they come for the next visit if there wasn't exactly? it so it's either a one-time hit or it do you want that customer that's going to be loyal to you based on the results and everything else right yeah. um i think some clients tell me if you agree or disagree they kind of feel like the time allotted factors into the price so if it's a 225 dollars, 250 dollars service to take care of your face and your skin to make you like reset everything and it's done in 50 minutes then it's just they don't feel like they got the maximum out of it for those people that are talking about the reasonable prices. Like same thing with hair, right? So if mm-hmm. I can, if I can get your haircut done in 15 minutes, it just means I've been doing it long enough to get it done in 15 minutes. It doesn't mean that the price is going to change. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the Picasso story about right. um, Picasso being in a restaurant and a woman was excited to see him. And she's like, Oh my God, Picasso, can I have your autograph? Can you paint something for me on this, on this napkin? And he says, sure. So he goes ahead and he, he, you know, I mean, he's having lunch, but he stops and he does it and um, he hands it to her. And then he says, that'll be like, uh," he gives her like an extreme amount for a price on that. And she was like, you're, you're charging me for this. And he was like, yeah, I'm Picasso. And she was like, but that's like a crazy amount. It only took you just a couple of minutes. He was like, yeah, but the technique was over a course of decades. And that's why I'm able to do it in this amount of Time for you to yeah. have you now. It's still a Picasso, no matter how long it took me to do it. So, yeah. you know, um, do you factor in time with your price too, or it's only what the service is providing?
1: I really do it based on the service. A couple of my higher end items, which are chemical peels, are the quickest thing I can do. Yeah. But, honey, I can fry your face off if I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, So you really need to come to me because I'm a trained professional. I have extensive skincare pH knowledge. What's going to absorb? What's going to burn you? Versus somebody that just gets out of school and they're like, oh, come get a chemical peel for 50 bucks, you know, and you can end up with such a bad result. But those are some of my quickest services and they're priced the highest. Yeah. Because it's skill
0: level, 100%. And it's professional products. And I think there was like a time when I had my esthetician license or the facial specialty. And, you know, even if you were a customer, you can only get up to a certain percentage for how like uh, high the chemical was in the yeah. field. Right. And then yeah. as a licensed um, specialty, then you could get like the highest levels, but now with Amazon and everything else, or depending on who you see on TikTok that has like this warehouse for you, you can get like the highest percentage without having a license and not knowing how to use it is definitely going to destroy your skin. Like a lot of people. Yeah. I remember, um, working at, uh, uh, I will not say their name, but a makeup brand store and teenagers, not even preteens were coming in, buying these things for their face that were so strong. And I'm like, what are you going to use this for? And they would tell me they don't know. And they were like, I just saw it on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, let me, yeah. let's me let talk for a minute about what your goal is and what you really do need. And it's not that I don't want you to buy anything because, I mean, obviously that was right what it is, but I want you to come back too and not be in the hospital. <laughs> like, okay. <sort> of, yeah.
1: <laughs> I literally have someone who worked in the office with me um, I did a treatment on her. One of the things was an oxygen mask, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, I love this!" Da da da. And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, here's what it is. I can order it for you because it was something that they could use at home." This person went on Amazon.
0: Oh no. And
1: so the product I paid like $29 for it. Um, they went on Amazon, spent close to that, and they were like, Oh, it didn't do this, it didn't do that, this thing is, and I was like, What are you talking about? You went and bought I was like, Where'd you find it? Because the one that I use, you can only get through a professional brand that I use, GlyMed Plus. And you have to order it under me. So I would have been able to see that she ordered it. Um Oh no, I ordered it on Amazon. And I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. So then I got this person the actual product and they were like, Oh my gosh, you're and I was like, duh.
0: Yeah. Like, why would you go of- on Amazon and order right. it? It wasn't even any right.
1: cheaper. Right. And of course you didn't get any result.
0: Yeah. That's and I think that kind of goes back to like the people that we work with that maybe are working their way out of the industry and they decide to close their business and they only had it for a little while and they resell stuff on Amazon or somebody buys it at the flea market and they resell the stuff and it's old and it hasn't been there, which is why you have to get it from a professional currently working. So the products are legit and you know, they're going to do what they say they do. There's no reason for you and I to provide a product that's not going to work. Like that's, there's no benefit, but for everybody else, they get the sale and that's that's it. Yeah. Um, last, uh, thought, you know, for our entrepreneurs, like even for somebody that's coming fresh out of school. And I think this works for most service industries, right? Whether it's massage therapy, whether it's for, um, doing hair, whether it's doing nails, whether it's, uh, doing the facials and the aesthetics and things like that. Um, even for, I think, uh, consultants, but Just the thought on the best pay structure for somebody, Uh, in your opinion, do you think there's a time and a place for them to be hourly or to rent an office space or um, a space for their services or to get commission instead of working for corporate or maybe working for a private business? Like, What are your thoughts on that?
1: so 100 percent. i think when you first come out of school you should go work at hand in stone you should go work at um massage envy you should go work somewhere where you're not going to be by yourself because the chances are what you learned in school even if you had an amazing program you're still going to need support right when i was with the person that i was with before in business you know They were a retired nurse anesthetist. They did something completely different than what I did, but she had been doing it a little longer than I did and she was more familiar with the product. So it was a great opportunity for me. I could text her anytime and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, would you combine this with that? Hey, and she would do the same text me. You never want to feel like you're on an Island by yourself. If you go straight out of school. Starting your own business can be a financial catastrophe.
0: Yeah.
1: If you've never ran your own business, you know, applying for your LLC, you know, SunBiz, doing all of these types of things. And not having
0: a clientele.
1: Not having a clientele. You don't want to do all of that on your own because you're going to start pulling out of your own pocket a lot. I would definitely say starting out, I mean, even if you can get into a derm practice, if you, because there's so many different aesthetic options now, there's even dentists that hire estheticians, plastic surgeons, all of those things. I would consider one of those kind of a step up from even obviously massage MV hand and stone, what have you. But definitely don't put yourself on an island you want to be where you can have interactions with others because you're going to learn so much not Mm -hmm. on your dime
0: right
1: you learn entire product lines like um, i think hand and stone does dermalogica you get certified through them the company pays for that if you're on your own that's coming out of your pocket unless you have a very large clientele already set up from elsewhere. Say you did hair and then you decided you wanted to be an aesthetician. So you already have a built-in people that are gonna come in and book with you. Okay, then, you know, do your own business. It is very expensive to have your own building. You have to insure it. You have to be registered with the city. You have to do so many different things. So if you have been in the industry for a little while, And you see what those profit margins are. That is one of the things that sent me into opening my own business because I'm like, uh, -uh. I know, (laughs) (laughs) I know what I can be making. But I also was a manager of a medical practice. I ordered all the supplies. I was in charge of inventory, petty cash, you know, employee reviews and all of those things. So I was very confident coming straight out of school and starting my own business because I had 17 years in an industry that was very similar. Yeah. Um, For younger people, I would not recommend doing that at all. Definitely go and work somewhere. Once you're to a point where you feel like you've kind of maxed out, you've got your clientele built up, you stay booked, busy, and in demand, that's when you want to look for somewhere where you can rent a room and start there. Once you are successful renting a room, then you want to move on to having your own place. Another option is being a 1099. So you're not necessarily renting the room from somebody, but you're still in someone else's space. Mm -hmm. but they're paying you and that can have its benefits too, because you're not the one having to pay for the licensure. You're not the one having to buy all of the products. Like they do it for you. And then you either do a percentage or an hourly rate, but always make sure it's what works for you. Yeah. I've had several different practices want to bring me on and want to hire me. And several of them were like, oh, well, you know, you'd have to be a 1099. You would have to this. And I'm like, Nah, bro, like, (laughs) I know what I'm worth and I know the money I'm going to be making and I'm done making money for other people. I'm ready to step into my own abundance. And so
0: good for you. Yeah, I think that's so important that you have that background in like the, the administration piece, right? Like I I think with that, uh, you know, with organizing and having your back office, um, structured and a foundation for you. And I think that a lot of our creative minds kind of shy away from that. Like, no, as long as I'm doing the service, like I'll be good. It's like cash in hand. I'm okay. But all that adds up at the end of the day. And time. and you want to track your trends. Like, am I doing great? Am I not doing great? Like, why not? Like, how do I improve on this? But how can I also guarantee that I can hold a space and pay the rent Every month, and and whatever I need to, on top of buying products and getting invested in a product line, um, and all the money that it takes to invest, and what's the best answer. I thought when I got out of school that I was going to be like, you know, a great Redkin performing artist, and everybody would know I just got my license and they should come to see me. Like, why not? But <laughs> exactly, you you've know been waiting you. for me. I'm By here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like cool in class. Don't you remember but the, yeah. is the, the first people that are going to come see you are your friends and your family because they want to support your business, but not necessarily new clients because new clients get, you know, scared of somebody yeah. out or just a new face. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's great advice because, uh, un- unless you do have a clientele, sometimes it's just I think family driven where uh, I've seen it happen where people will go to school because their family already has an established salon. And so they've already been working with their children on the techniques and stuff like that. So yeah, that makes sense. Your face is salon, that sort of thing. Do what you got to do with your family. Um, But I've also seen um, like one of the barbers that I follow on Instagram, Frank DeBarber, uh, when he came and he did a show for a company, I was a, a part of, you know, I saw him back in like the beginning days and now he's doing like, he was at the expo doing the platform competition with barbering and he works with, uh, you know, like a big brand name now and his Instagram is blown up into like hundreds of thousands of followers. When I joined, he wasn't even at a thousand, I think. So it's cool to see like the transformation, but like you said, people have to know their worth and charge for it and also make sure that, um, time is a factor in there. Like, our, I, yeah. I think it is like, um, you know, for your clients and holding true to yourself in that all my knowledge and products and everything else go into this time slot. And if I go over that, am I hurting myself and benefiting my client? Cause I need to be liked or like, am I giving extra for what? Right. And there's yep. some people that you give extra for because of whatever may be the case, they're going through stuff, you're helping them out. You're just on a roll, um, or, you know, you really want to nail this look. And then there's other people that may take advantage of it and, you know, just want to sit and talk and gossip and, you know, complain and all that other stuff. And you just got to nice talking to you. Gotta go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I'm really good about too, is not getting myself stuck in a room. I think that comes from having to hustle rooming patients for so long. Um, when I'm finished with my service, I take my card reader out And i say okay once you're all dressed just open the door come on out and i'll get you checked out up front i could check them out in the room but stuck
0: in there you know what i mean Transition. yes this is a nice little exit yeah Yeah. i'm gonna hang out credit card
1: processing another bill people don't think about you cannot cash app and just put money in your wallet like you got to pay
0: taxes you got to do all
1: these things yeah and that's stuff people don't
0: realize yep absolutely or they don't know how so they don't do it yes Yes. And that you can't be scared of running your business and not knowing it and trusting somebody to do it for you before you learned it yourself. Yeah. Like I'm a big believer in that as well. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is a fantastic conversation. And I did pr- predict correctly that we would go over, but I had so much fun talking with you. Oh, um, I can't thank you enough. And I just uh, was hoping that you would share with our audience the best way to book with you and what specials you have going on this summer.
1: Absolutely. So I just brought on some new services. I started doing lash laminations again. I had stopped for a while because I didn't like the products I was using. I'm also doing um, henna brows, which will tint the skin, not okay. just the hair on your brows. Mm-hmm. I love I love, um, that. love. that. I just got some new products for that. Um, Microneedling is big for the summer. Right now I have my facial special for the month of June is the glowing oxygen treatment. Breathe life back into dull damaged cells and prevent future damage from occurring. This treatment deep cleanses pores, increases cell turnover, reduces bacteria, and boosts collagen production. For smooth baby-like skin, that's $109. I'll kind of throw out monthly facial specials. I'll be doing a different one.
0: That glow you just posted—the before and after of one of your clients, right? Yes, I did.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, people are like, what's that going to do? But it really breathes so much life back into your skin. And, you know, we're swimming in chlorine, which dehydrates it. We're out in the ocean, which dehydrates it. We're out doing stuff, sweating to death in Florida. So we're all dehydrated. So this really kind of brings you back to life and gets things kickstarted. I always do my um, facial Fridays, like I was saying before, 20% off any facial service. That's not good for microneedling, sugaring, anything anything, just facial services. Um, the best way to reach me is Instagram. I have Facebook also. I'm just not that great about checking it. <laughs> I'm trying to get better.
0: You're, you've gotten a lot better with Facebook.
1: I have. I have. Um, I, don't have on on yeah. <laughs> I don't have Facebook on my phone. Yeah. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I only have it on my laptop because I, I, I'm i not a huge fan. So if you ever need me, just text me. My number is on my Instagram, my website, all of that stuff. You can book with me through Vagaro, V-A-G-R-O. It's um, vagaro.com backslash Kara King Aesthetics. That's also my Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
0: Yes, it's if you go to um, Kara's Facebook page, she has all her links, including that one on there. It was weird when I tried to put it as a link for a banner. I came up with a whole bunch of characters instead of just your name. So I was like, I know that she'll hook everybody up when she shares her social media. Um, Thank you so much for today. I I had a blast talking to you. I know it will not be our last time doing one of these together. Uh, If you have any questions, definitely reach out to Kara, but, um, definitely book with her because you're going to have a great experience i personally have had a fabulous experience with her can't wait to do it again so i can speak from uh the actual action of having one so definitely go and visit her uh book up with her because she's getting booked up for the summer very quickly uh she have a few spots left i think for june and i know that she's getting booked up for july so make sure you get out there Get online, book with her, um, and you will love her forever. And so as for our podcast, thank you for listening to the Great to Greater Podcast with Tiffany Rufino. You can check us out Tuesdays at 8 a.m. on uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Um, And also you can book with me at TiffanyRufino.com. It's also on my business Facebook page at appointment appointment is free for a consultation discussing your business and how I can be the business therapist for you. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. As always, don't forget to like